Hey gearheads and welcome to Garage Talk, a discussion about all things automotive. I'm Corey. And I'm Matt. And each week this podcast will serve as a catalyst for discussion on all sorts of topics that grind our gears, rev our engines, or just need a bit more conversation. And on this week's episode, we're maybe a couple weeks behind on getting you the latest information, but we wanted to dive into... A brand that's very near and dear to my heart. What are we talking about, Corey? We're talking Jeeps, Matt. We're great. talking Jeeps. Just great. I guess it's only fair. If we're doing a whole episode on the Bronco. Yes. Team Bronco. <laughs> that we can do a whole episode on the Jeep brand. So, um, it has been a very productive month uh, for the Jeep brand. They've had a couple big reveals, and we are going to dive into that today. So, if you want to know more about us or see pictures or know more about what it is we're talking about in this week's episode, go to our website, gtgaragetalk.com. You can find all the information about both vehicles that we will be talking about in detail today. You can go to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and check out all the latest car news there as well, all at GT Garage Talk. But let's dive right into it, Matt. Head first. Head first. All right. I think we're going to follow the same format Jeep did when they were unveiling these two rigs, and we're going to go Wrangler first. Okay. So, there's nothing profoundly new about the Wrangler. No, it's very JL. Yes. So, it's the same uh, overall architecture and everything from uh, the JL launch. What is that? 2018 was the year that they rolled out with that one? Yeah, 17, 18. Yeah. So... Uh, that that's where people are going to fact check me and tell me I, I, I'm not <laughs> not the real Jeep guy. Jeep unveiled what we were maybe looking forward to hearing. <laughs> I don't know who was just dying for this product, but it it definitely wasn't me. Right. But I will say, spoiler alert: of the two, I was looking forward to this one the least. But I think I'm the most excited about this one than I was the other one. I'm not really excited about either of them. Other than... I will make a case for the Wrangler. Okay. On, on All right. Over these next few minutes. I'll, so, I'll, I'll tear it apart when you're done, but... Go right ahead. <laughs> that, that is the fun of this podcast. So, Absolutely. Jeep announced the Wrangler 4xe, which I'm not crazy about the n- naming nomenclature of this one either, but it's consistent. They've got a few other electrically assisted vehicles in their lineup and the Wrangler I was expecting I don't know why I don't know if it was a rumor I heard somewhere or just hoping beyond hope all electric I, I don't even know why I would want for that but it's a hybrid right it's four by e it's it's a hybrid it's a yeah it, well and I think that was probably my biggest letdown also I don't know if I heard the same rumor or what but Definitely was looking forward to having a an all-electric, and I think it would have been much more impressive and much more capable, uh, Wrangler JL. Right, and I understand why they didn't go all-electric, and they alluded to it in their big reveal on YouTube before they even really got to the specifics of it in that they said, no zero range anxiety. That right. was like one of their selling points before they really got into the details of it. And at that point, I knew I was like, okay, well, we aren't talking full electric here. It, it's going to be a hybrid. Right. In episode 25, I was fortunate enough to be on a call with a vice president in FCA, 
soon to no longer be FCA, but Stellantis. We'll, yeah. we'll just let you go and listen to episode <laughs> 25 for all the details behind that one. But I was on a uh, media event with a vice president of FCA and was able to ask specifically what the future of electric and Chrysler and Hellcats and all that looks like. Because you and I have joked about it. FCA is Hellcat all the things. But all the 700 things. Hor- plus horsepower engine in as many things as possible. Right. And since that episode, they've, wouldn't you know it, unveiled the Ram TRX. Would you look at that? has the Hellcat engine underneath it. Oh, hood. my goodness. Who would have thought it? I'm but. so over Hellcat <laughs> everything. So over it. But if you got to drive one, would you be over it at that point? I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying I'm turning down the opportunity to right. drive one. Right. I'm just saying, like... Come up with something new? Yeah. Like, change the formula a little bit? So, in this press conference, or this media event that I got to do as a part of the Texas Auto Riders Association, uh, I asked, I was like, look, we're seeing some amazing things from electric vehicles, and... He didn't completely shut it down. Uh, he 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 made it clear that there wasn't anything imminently in the works, all electric. And I think we are beginning to really see how far FCA is currently into the electric world right. and just what they're unveiling. So we've got three 4xEs from the Jeep brand now. You've got the Pacifica plug-in hybrid okay. minivan, and then you've got... The second vehicle that we're going to talk about today, which is also rumored to be, though it was a concept and not many details on powertrain were revealed, but it's going to be a plug-in hybrid. So, obviously, FCA is plug-in hybrid for the time being, and this merger with Peugeot um, to when they become Stellantis is strategic in helping them get to a more electrified future. I'm... You're sure of it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a long way to get there, but right. it's 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 probably the best way for, for them. So, uh, Wrangler 4xE is, as we mentioned, a hybrid. It comes with the 2-liter two 4-cylinder turbo and two electric motors and a robust torque flight 8-speed transmission. Uh, so, it's automatic only, which is of no surprise. And it is projected to get approximately 30 miles of all-electric range, which is enough to get you down the Rubicon Trail fully electric. Okay, but, and again, this is kind of that that disappointment side of things that I was alluding to earlier. We have Teslas, and I realize all-electric versus hybrid. I get it. But we have Teslas that will go 400 miles right. on a charge. Right. They all are also not bricks. And they, yes. <laughs> they don't have uh, two live axles in it. They're yes. Designed you know, from the ground up to be slick cutting through the air. Right. The Wrangler is none of those it things. It is not. Yeah. It, it definitely does not do that. But the technology that we have out there, yeah. I expected more. I You know, give me... Give me a hundred miles. Like that would have been more acceptable than that would have been groundbreaking. 30. Yeah. Um, so, yes, uh, that number does seem a little low for 
90% of the people who are even going to consider this as a vehicle, that is more than enough. So I alluded to in last week's episode that I am currently able to work from home and I am loving it. Uh, able to go two months without filling up uh, my very fuel efficient vehicle with gas. Right. But if I were commuting, I've got a three mile one way commute. If I were commuting and I had this Wrangler 4xE, I could go forever without having to fill up. Potentially. If, if that's all I was doing. Because right. that is more than enough to get me to and from work every day and charge up at night. Oh, sure. And charge up at night. Sure. So for a vast majority of the people that would be even considering this, that is more than enough. And, you know, there's that whole... You're going to love this term. This is my business brain coming out. Point of diminishing returns. Sure. Where, you know, sure, they could have maybe gotten 50 miles out of it, but what would they have had to sacrifice? And Probably to, more leg room in the backseat. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, at, at, at what point, where's the trade-off in oh, yeah. what you're having to accomplish here? So it's got the 2-liter tur- turbo engine, which is still relatively new to the Wrangler. Uh, comes with 375 horsepower, uh, like I said, up to 30-ish miles of pure electric operation. They're claiming, I don't know who's drag racing Wranglers, <laughs> 0 to 60 of under 6 seconds, which is quite impressive. And like I said, who is in their right mind drag racing Wranglers? Well, that crazy guy with the LSX Willys is right. definitely drag right. racing Wranglers. But that 0-60 time does allude to what it is capable of in its natural habitat. Right. So the real benefit, the real joy of an electric Wrangler, even if it is a plug-in hybrid, is the instant torque that it is able to deliver while on the trails. Sure. And so you could be, I don't want to say stuck, you could be in a tight situation where... You know, four low just ain't cutting it. And right. you go into that instant torque of all electric power and you're out of whatever jam that you might have been sinking into sure. at that moment. So it does lend to a very interesting dynamic of what capability it will be able to provide out on the trail. And they have run the 4 by e on the Rubicon Trail. It can do the entire trail in purely electric. In mode. all electric. So there's a lot to be said about it. Uh, for all the mall crawlers out there that really are just buying it to have a Jeep, to have something that looks cool, like I said, they're going to like it because they can drive it around and never have to fill it up with gas, sure. ch- charge it at home. And then for the people that would really appreciate the extra torque when they need it, there you go. And it does have three electric drive modes on it. Okay. So uh, let me get to their verbiage of it. So don't, that don't misunderstand. I, I appreciate what they're doing with the hybridification, right? Yes. Hashtag hybridification. That's right. Um, I, I, I do genuinely appreciate it. Um, I just, I don't know. 
It's probably some of my team Bronco hashtag out. team Bronco uh, coming out a little bit. Uh, my my bias to an extent, uh, but I just I, I I don't know. I guess expe- I expected it just more. Wasn't it, it just wasn't. Yeah. All right. So they do have three selectable drive modes. Okay. Uh, it's default mode hybrid. Right. So default mode blends torque from the two liter engine and the electric motor in this mode. The powertrain will use a battery power first and then add power from the 2-liter turbo 4 when the battery reaches a minimum state of charge. So just like your okay. Prius or any, anything else, it's going to use the electric first. Did you just compare a Wrangler to a yes, Prius? I did. That, that's that's travesty, that's, isn't that's it? That's horrid. <laughs> horrid, horrid. Yeah. Take away my Jeep card on that one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so mode number two is all electric and it is completely and totally electric drive okay. at this point electric power only until the battery reaches minimum charge or the driver requests more torque such as wide open throttle in those situations the two liter turbo is going to kick on and say all right here you go right i i acknowledge that you need more than what the electric energy can give you here's all 400 and yes. whatever yes yeah uh, and then e-save and that is primarily the opposite of the hybrid. It uses the two-liter four-cylinder for all your propulsion and saves that energy until you absolutely need it. And I can see this is what most uh, wheeling is going to be using. You're going to be driving around off-roading in e-save mode until right. you really need it. And just like four-low will be, used to be the best bailout mode right. of your four-wheel drive. Now you hit that electric button and you have that instant torque and you're able to get out of any jam. There are some practical applications to it, I will say. Oh, yeah. No, I I have not placed a deposit on mine. <laughs> no, I haven't gone out and signed one up. I have not even talked to Holly about, babe, we really need this. Like, right. No conversations like that have happened. It is an interesting option. And that's about as far as I would go on this. Yeah, uh, that's I I like that description because it it really it's a it, it's very well put. Uh, just the hype for the Bronco was forever and yes. a day yes. long, and it was huge, and it was an incredible release, and it was a fantastic release, and it was very well done. And the same day and the day before the Bronco <laughs> release, right, right. FCA came, comes by and kind of like kicks some dirt up, just just for the sake of kicking dirt up. I mean, that's really what it felt like. It was just, just I you know it. what, it, like here, meh. and and so now, now that it's out or now that it's released, uh, just kind of okay. It's an option, and that's that's it. It yeah. it does not have the impact. No, it doesn't, and. It, maybe be, they weren't expecting the right. impact. It'll be interesting to see what the Jeep community's reaction is to this. Not e- not even necessarily on social media, because we can find that out right now and right. do some Google searches and find oh, out yeah. what the Jeep faithful really think about it. But I want to see how it sells and how that plays into uh, where it fits in, in the model hierarchy of 
all of it because yeah. you alluded to it. They announced the 392 concept with a big V8, and that one had me salivating and saying, oh, yes, sure. I would put down a deposit, and yes, please well, that's, give me one now. Uh, but, but that's that's because that's more of what the enthusiast wants, right? right? That's that's the, uh, the same thing with all of the Bronco forums uh, to date. When are they putting the V8 in it? Right. How can I get one with a V8? Why didn't they, you know, put the Coyote in there? Yep. Well, okay, yeah, I get it. But and uh, I, don't, I don't remember if we discussed this or not. There is a company who will put a yeah. a Bronco or a, a five liter in a Bronco, and it's For like a pretty penny. Yeah, like forty grand. Yeah, on top of on top of <laughs> a fifty or sixty thousand dollar truck. Yes. So Matt, you will love this. Word has broken. As of today, uh, I followed JL Wrangler forums and okay. things of that nature. I also follow all the Bronco forums. So I keep my ear to the ground. I, I got to know what's going on in, in the entire community. We all know your biases. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is actually a few days old, so I, I will say that. And by the time this episode airs, it's really old. So this is from September 4th. We'll just go ahead and Whoa, say that. All so, the way back in September yes, 4th. Okay. Yes. So, uh, the head of Jeep in North America, Jim Morrison, uh, did an interview and let it, I don't know, spill is the right, he let it be known that Jeep is actually building solar charging stations on the trails for Wranglers, for the Wrangler 4xe's. Wow. So, they are really going in, diving in deep to the fact that the Wrangler faithful community are actually going to be buying this 4xe and using it for that instant electric torque. Right, or for the Cybertruck who might find their way onto a Rubicon trail. (laughs) That would be interesting. Yeah. So, uh, being that they're solar, they're not going to be super fast charging, I couldn't imagine. Right. Um, And then once you deplete them, they're gone. So, it'll be really interesting to see how they make it work. But that was one of the things in the build up in the lead up to the announcement of the four by E I'm like, how is this actually going to work an electric Wrangler? Because what you want a Wrangler for takes you completely off the grid. Right. And there are places to this day that I would go on vacation with our Jeep Cherokee or even my little cruise that I cannot take, could not drive an electric vehicle because there's not charging between here and there. Right. So I'm like, how is this going to work? So this kind of answers that question in that there's going to be some solar charging stations out on the trails, which very interesting. And yeah, yeah, it's different. Yep. (laughs) So uh, that was the first of the two big announcements from FCA and Jeep in particular. Yeah. Of, New vehicles, new exciting vehicles coming from them. And like I said, leading up to it, I was less excited about that one uh, and more excited about this one. Right. And this but, one, yeah. meaning uh, the Jeep, well, I can't even really phrase it that way. The Wagoneer and the Grand Wagoneer are back. And right. the reason I kind of stuttered in how I phrased it is... There are a few Easter eggs of the Jeep logo on this concept. It's okay. officially a concept vehicle, but across the hood and across the uh, tailgate, uh, no prominent Jeep badging. And that's because even their press release here says Wagoneer returns as a premium extension of the Jeep brand. 
So it's not even a Jeep. Well, that, <laughs> that makes me even more nervous about yeah. it. Like, so I, I was, um, I was sitting, it was after routes that morning and, uh, it, the, I realized that it was time for that to come on. So I, I pulled it up on my phone. I was watching for a few minutes and myself and the other, uh, mechanic were, and, and it, it like they released it and it was like, well, that's, that's, that's it. Like. Yeah. That's there was definitely a lot of build up for this one because the Wagoneer name is very iconic yeah. and oh, has yeah. only picked up steam in the last four or five years with I know I'm a fan, I don't know about you and your wife, but This Is Us, uh show on NBC features My wife loves it. very prominently a Grand Wagoneer and there I, I alluded to it in my article on our website, gtgaragetalk.com. Shows like that, uh, movies like Without a Paddle, are you a fan? That, that's a good I, one. I vaguely <laughs> remember that one, yeah. But they load up in a Grand Wagoneer and go off on a, a canoeing adventure, or misadventure as the case oh, yeah. may be. But it, it's that thought, that mindset that, you know, it, it's a perfect family vehicle, it's a perfect adventure rig. Uh, it was relatively unchanged for nearly 30 years. Right. So it was a very iconic vehicle. And therein lies my, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, my disappointment with what was delivered. Absolutely. Because to me, it seemed like, and this is just me, personal opinion, don't hate me, uh, Jeep, corporate, FCA, uh, but to me personally, it felt like they were designing a premium three-row Jeep, not a Grand Wagoneer. I completely, 100% agree. And I go into this uh, in my article. I, I list three or four bullet points of things, minor changes that they can make that would make it a more heritage-inspired vehicle. They're... Closer to the mark with this than Chevy is with their current Blazer. Oh, I will absolutely. say that. Yes, so don't, most definitely. Uh, for anyone who's called me a hypocrite for not liking this being called a Grand Wagoneer and knowing my feelings on the Blazer, I still would love to have a K5 Blazer, 1986, yes. some, somewhere yeah. around. I, that That is my my East Texas redneck coming out in me. Yes, I want a, a K5 Blazer. The current Blazer is a travesty to that name. It's still a capable vehicle for what it is, but no, it should not have been named a blazer. And the tra- don't get me started on the trailblazer. No, no. Well, I, I, I think, no. <laughs> I, yeah. I think just exactly like you said, the same could be said for the grand Wagoneer. If you want to make a full size and maybe a little more than a full size right. based on what we've seen, 22-inch wheels, and yes. they look mini. I mean, they look small on yes. this rig because of how big this rig is. Yeah. But if you want to make a full-size uh, third-row luxury SUV, let Chrysler do it. Yeah. And well, they tried that the Grand... with the Aspen and flop. Well, <laughs> And it was, the, that was based on the ugliest Durango I ever. Say, that was a Daimler issue. Yeah. That, was not, yeah. that was not FCA. That was Daimler Chrysler. That, yeah. was, that was a bad time for... For that car company. Very much so. Uh, but 
but seriously, like Chrysler's don't got call nothing this. right now. By the way, yeah, they've don't, got the Pacific on the three hundred, but yeah, just don't call it a Grand Wagoneer. Like it's it is the. I almost wonder if they should have resurrected the Commander name, or just come up with something completely just all, call it, all together. If, if you want to do this under Jeep's name, do not call it a Grand Wagoneer, because and and like you said, the Wagoneer and the Grand Wagoneer were like tall station wagons. Right. That's really, I mean, and that was kind of the progression right. that they had. Um, so they rode nice. You could pull with it if you wanted to. Yep. Um, and, and they had plenty of room for everybody. And they had a V8 under the hood. Yep. Like, those were the components that made up this Grand Wagoneer. And it was, it was all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. Right. This thing is, I feel like, I feel like they had this name hanging out there, the Wagoneer, the Grand Wagoneer, right. this incredibly iconic thing. And and they said, okay, what can we do with this? How can we make this great? How can we, you know, it's grand, it's huge, it's it's massive, it's, you know, it's a Grand Wagoneer. And they they said, okay, well, let's make a Grand Wagoneer, but let's not make it like a Grand Wagoneer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it just... When I look at it, it, a lot of commenters, uh, friends of ours, family of ours, and stuff like that, have thrown out words like boring, unoriginal, bland. uninspired, yeah. bland, generic. And Rip off. <laughs> <laughs> so, watch watching the reveal, some of the things that they touted was the forward-leaning grill, which they barely did. Right. Like I, again, alluding to my article and everything in it, there we are living in the age of larger than life grills on vehicles. Yes, and like look at some of the Lexus full size SUVs; their grills are massive. Yeah, and undeservedly so because oh, yeah. most of it is fake. And here you have got the Grand Wagoneer, and they went super conservative. <laughs> yeah, with the grill. And they went super conservative with the whole thing. Right. But the face, what you see, does not scream Wagoneer at not all. At all. I, and again, going back to my point that I feel like they were designing a premium three-row Jeep, and then they tagged the Wagoneer name on it. Yeah. The Grand Wagoneer never had the seven-slot grill. Interesting. Like, that, that wasn't a thing. Uh, it, it had just a massive grill. Right. And one of the... Most iconic things in my mind is the bulge in the center of yes. the grill, yeah. which they don't even do on on this concept. It, it's just kind of a flat grill across the top. In fact, they accentuate how level it is across the top with an LED light bar across yep. the front, which probably won't make production, but well, you know, right. it's still a concept. So the grill had me perplexed. Yeah, the headlights had me perplexed because. They basically ripped them off the Ram 1500 Limited. Their LEDs are super slim. And I I don't know. The face just does not, it's not in your face. It's just there. Yep. And there's nothing substantial about it. There's nothing impressive about it. I know they were hoping all the LED lights and things that they did to the front of it would serve as interesting points. It looks cool. It looks pretty. Well, it looks like it's competitors. It right. looks like right. an expedition or a suburban. And so 
you can go read my article and see all the things that I would do, but the grill is the starting point, and I, I just I feel like they missed it so much. Well, I feel like, too, they were kind of backed into a corner, right? You have the uh, Grand Cherokee and, right. the, and the Cherokee. The Grand Cherokee, and I don't know what the starting MSRP is on that. 28. 28-ish. Uh, but uh, like you select one box and you're mid thirties, yep. probably pretty quick, <laughs> almost instantly. Um, but now we're talking. Okay, so Grand Cherokee anywhere from twenty eight to seventy eight yep. with the SRT Hellcat, yep. or he- Hellcat, the the Trackhawk, yep. that one. Yeah. And so in order to in order to do something bigger or better or grand with the Wagoneer, they they felt like they had to go bigger. Right. And in order to go bigger and still sell, it's got to be super luxe. And that's not what the Grand Wagoneer was. Yeah. It was a simple, uh, large family get-around vehicle. It was luxurious for the time and what it was competing against. But it was not a six-figure vehicle. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And so, Jeep, I don't believe, has officially announced, but all major media outlets are saying it's going to, you can spec it out over a hundred grand. Oh yeah, and even Car and Driver wrote an op-ed piece about it's t- it's time to go ahead and call Jeep a luxury brand. And I'm like, just having one vehicle that you can spec out over a hundred grand does not make you a luxury brand. Because hello, have you seen a Renegade lately? How can you call the company that pumps out Renegades and Wranglers a luxury brand? Because Renegade's tiny little thing, nothing special about it. It's basically a rebadged Fiat. And then the Wrangler, while the JL is the most luxurious the Wrangler has ever been, is by no means luxury. For crying out loud, you adjust the seat with the recline on a seat with pulling a strap. That is not luxurious. It's not luxurious, but it's still a $70,000 off-road truck. Yes, but it's not luxurious. It's off-road. It's a wheeling rig. It's not luxury. Okay, so, I don't have $70,000 to go beat true. around in the rocks That's with. true. That's true. So, all that to say, it's a pretty SUV. It's a big SUV, as Huge. you alluded to, the fact that it's riding on 22s and doesn't even look like it. You and I are on the same page that the name is not befitting of the vehicle. And yeah. so... I have had my ear down uh, to the ground listening to, you know, all the conversations around this one. And it's a mixed bag. Uh, I'm not going to lie. There are some Grand Wagoneer faithful that love it and are ready for the new challenges of it. I want to see one go off-road. Yep. I want to see one. With 22s. Exactly. (laughs) Like, that's it. I, yeah. Give me the stripped down base version that's still so, fifty five or sixty thousand right. dollars. And to to that point, so the Wagoneer is still going to be around. What we saw was the Grand Wagoneer. Okay. So they are going to have a quote unquote entry level, and it is going to be the Wagoneer, and it's going to be more reasonably priced. It's the one you're going to see more of on the road. Okay. Which has me also scratching my head because, so like. Chevy Tahoe. Right. It's going to be a primary competitor of this. Right. You can spec one out. They start at north of 40000 Oh, yeah. Easy. You can spec one up to just over seventy, maybe touching 80 if you get the high country and all that. 
but you've got a 40 to 80 K range here. Are you going to want a Wagoneer, which I'm sure is going to be competitive somewhere in the 40,000 range and a hundred plus thousand Grand Wagoneer looking very similar to one another going down the road? Does that cheapen the impact of your hundred plus thousand SUV? Because that's what why Cadillac exists. That's why GMC and their Denali brand exists. Sure. It allows you to take that platform and to go super upscale with it, and it's got different looks, and it has more exclusivity to it because right. there are fewer Escalades on the road than there are Tahoes. Oh, definitely, definitely. I, I, I don't know. It's just it's a very confusing product and launch, and everything about about it has me scratching my head wondering how this is truly going to play out in the long run. Yeah, I I, I kind of dipped into the marketing element of it, and I know that's your thing, but but for me, it really comes down to those those price point elements, mm-hmm. right? You have this name, you have this brand, this this icon, and you want it to be everything that it was for 30 years, but you have to stay within this price point, right. and, and I think they've priced themselves into a corner. I really do. So I've alluded to it. it a couple times already tonight and this was presented to us as a concept very little details were given about the suspension very little actually no details about the suspension very little was mentioned about uh, the powertrain it is going to be a plug-in electric Uh, if you look very closely you can see the where the charge port is and things of, of that nature but we don't know what the gas engine of this hybrid system is going to probably be. a Hellcat. <laughs> a Hellcat engine will probably find its way into this vehicle. At oh, some yeah. point. Uh, they haven't come out and said it, but all, all signs point to this is basically built on the Ram 1500 platform. Like Chevy does uh, Chevy GMC does with the, uh, Tahoe suburbans and Silverados of the world. Right. Uh, so basically, you're able to stretch the engineering dollars a little bit further with this one. But, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I Very mixed feelings about this one. I, I had such high expectations. And that's probably the downfall for me on this one. Yeah. Is that I let my expectations get built up so high, especially knowing what, Ford is doing with the Bronco. I know this does not compete with the Bronco in any way, shape, or form, but Jeep is now competing very heavily with Ford oh, definitely. on multiple levels, and this is going to have to go up against a pretty good competitor in the Expedition Oh yeah, and very steep competition from General Motors, yeah. who owns the segment, outright owns the segment. Right. Ford well, they've got- is doing well, but... General Motors owns a segment with the Tahoe, the Suburban, Suburban, Yukon, Yukon XL, and then Escalade and Escalade, uh, what do they call it, ESV? Uh, the big one. The big one. And so essentially six different nameplates uh, all on the same platform with different levels of luxury. And yeah, the, the, man, mm-hmm. they just, they could have done so much more with oh, it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Like I said, in my article on our website, uh, you 
get a little more information about the specifics of this vehicle. We won't bore you with it on the podcast. Uh, and you also see my points of some small, maybe not so small changes that they could do. Uh, being that this is quote unquote, a concept, right. Uh, that they can change, tweak, fix before the production ready version rolls out. But I will say, uh, the last bullet point on the lead into the, um, press release is that the Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer production vehicles will be built in the Metro Detroit area next year. So there aren't going to be major changes. This is a fairly close to production ready vehicle and it's going to be minor tweaks. Like I said, the LED light bar going across the front is probably going to go away. Uh, I will say there are some cool elements in there. Right. Uh, I don't know if you noticed the rear window rolls down. That's a pretty awesome feature and a throwback feature as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think anything with a near vertical or vertical rear window, yes, pickup truck, SUV, whatever it is, ought to roll down. And I don't know if Toyota just has all the patents in the world <laughs> around this. Uh, Nissan got close. They had the biggest opening rear window right. outside of Toyota, but Toyota's got the full roll down rear window on the Tundra. The whole thing. And I believe that's an option because not all of them do. Um, And, man, if ever I wanted General Motors to steal something from Toyota, that would be it because that that is awesome. Well, I don't know. They could steal some reliability. Well, yes. Um, (laughs) Touche. But uh, to see that this Grand Wagoneer and the Wagoneer is going to have a roll-down rear window, that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, like, I've alluded to, I'm a fan of Doug Jamiro. He he said uh, from what he saw that it looks like it could be a roll down because there's no rear wiper back there. If you look closely at the press images, the rear window roll down button is in the center stack oh, up nice. by the gear selector and all that. So I know for a fact yeah. that rear window rolls down. There you that's go. exciting. Um, it, it would make for a really good all windows down driving experience. Definitely. You don't get all that wind buffeting. Because I will say in certain vehicles, and even like my wife's vehicle, right? Uh, you have to be careful how you roll down windows oh, because yeah. it, it'll get deafening uh, if you're not careful. Okay, but but riddle me this, Corey. You just spent, for rough guest numbers, $108,000 right. for a loaded out Grand Wagoneer with a power roll-down rear window, mm-hmm. what's the first thing you're going to do on a hot Texas summer afternoon? Turn on my air-conditioned seats. Okay. <laughs> Just want to be clear there. Like, it's cool. It's yeah. awesome. I like it. I also think, yeah, they missed the mark on that one because the the crowd that's going to be buying this, probably not going to be rolling You're going to end up more of those windows stuck yep. shut because yep. nobody messes with them. Yep. So... Uh, again, very interesting vehicle. I, I just don't know. And it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I am. Uh, we, we've teased on yeah. this channel. We've got some big plans for the future. Uh, I, I'm going to spoil one of them right now. Right now. Right now. An exclusive right here. You heard it first. Is it that I also have a stick shift Four-wheel drive vehicle now? No, that we covered that last week. Man. Oh, okay. Come on. That, that's not new news. No. Um, it's practically a Jeep. I... Ha! <laughs> 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 Sir! Get out now! <laughs> so, 
uh, I have been invited to a press event where I will actually get to see one of these in person. In person. And I am very much looking forward to seeing that because I have realized in my 20 plus years of drooling over vehicles that pictures and video can only do so much oh, yeah. to seeing it in person. And current climate is what it is uh, with COVID and all that. Uh, not having all the car shows this year has been a real hindrance to the automotive community. Absolutely. Because we are only getting to see what the manufacturers want us to see. The angles we want to see, the lighting. Uh, the automotive community is not getting to witness these vehicles in a show setting and from whatever angles they want. We're not getting to go as just general enthusiast and going to see these at car shows because they've all been canceled rightly so um so i am very excited uh like i said got an event coming up in the very near future where i'm going to get to see this rig in person and formulate a better opinion of it right myself and also get to share with you uh the garage talk faithful the gearheads of the world just a little bit better for you to be able to see more angles of it and let me know shoot us shoot us emails what do you want to know what do you want to see yeah i'm going to ask as many questions as i can at this event so let us know what more you want to know about this vehicle that isn't out in the public yet and you're going to leave your rose-colored glasses with me right <laughs> yeah as far as it comes goes with the grand wagoneer i i have no rose-colored okay. glasses All anymore right. uh I, I am fearful that they're actually going to be mad at me for my opinions on this one. <laughs> but that is enough for us this week. We, we've teased you with a little bit of news and cannot wait to share that with you. But you can find out more about us at gtgaragetalk.com. That is where you will see some exclusive content from us. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at gtgaragetalk. We will be doing some lives from the event uh, we will keep you as informed as we can with the tools at our disposal and just want you to follow us. Like I said, shoot me all your thoughts and opinions. Let me know what you want to know, but looking forward to that. Pick on Corey as much as you can ahead of time <laughs> so he has to ask all those goofy questions. Yes. Give me the hard questions to Hell ask. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll do it. But, again, gtgaragetalk.com for all your news and information and exclusive content from us. But until next time. Bye.